0: App Store or the Google Play Store today.
1: domain masters please welcome your host
2: thank you so much we have mike mann here your host of domain masters radio and uh this is our seventh segment and i'm very blessed to have Kam mirza here who's a friend of mine who's a leader on the internet and technology mm-hmm. space who knows more than i'm ever gonna have mm-hmm. the opportunity to know and we're gonna try our best to uh get some information and uh hear what he's been up to uh com welcome to the show Thank you, Mike.
3: Thank you. Good to be here.
2: Uh, if you'll do me a favor and just uh, give me uh, your bio. I mean, you have the most unbelievable story. It's going to be hard to digest in a in short period, but if you can just give me uh, the narrative on how in the world did you get where you are, and then I'm going to drill you on some specific questions about you know, what's happening in the Internet space and the, and the payment space, the technology space.
3: Sure. Sure. Um, it would obviously be, be yeah, you're right, tough to condense in a uh, in, in a quick interview, but um, I'll give you this, the, the the super extreme condensed version. So I, I basically um, started when I was when I was seven years old with a with a lemonade stand, and uh, I used to sell lemonade on the street corner, made a made a little over 300 bucks at the time. Um, and then I convinced a bunch of kids in the neighborhood to work with me. You know, their parents weren't going to buy them all the stuff that they wanted, and you know, I had used my money to buy a Game Boy and a bunch of other toys, comic books, kickboards, and stuff. And uh, I convinced ten kids to work with me. So the ten kids worked with me in the neighborhood. We we, we did it for about uh, two and a half months, and uh, I bought all the kids everything they wrote down that they wanted. And made a little over 900 bucks profit myself so i i was completely hooked with entrepreneurship after that i said you know business is the most amazing thing in the world and 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 profit is just you know the most exciting thing in the world to get and so i um long long story short um uh, i ended up uh, my brother bought a pizza store when i was 13 i used to work at the pizza store and uh just worked really late hours uh, so i got some free time to read uh read as much as i pretty much could and and uh, i had studied bill gates and and software and you know he come out of nowhere and become the richest guy in the world, and I was uh, I was kind of obsessed with him at the time, so I was studying everything that he was doing, and uh, I eventually started my first company uh, in the software space, and and it, and it failed, and I started uh, another company and it failed, and long story short, I started about uh, seven companies back-to-back, uh, all customized customized enterprise software for uh, any kind of business, pretty much, that, that didn't uh, exist and have any software. Uh, first seven companies were failures. Eighth company, um, I borrowed money from friends and family. I had nothing going for me at the time, and I proceeded within six months to go bankrupt. So pretty much uh, back to square one, but this time, you know, eight companies in the game and 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 fifty grand in debt. I went through this huge uh, period of uh, depression, and then eventually, I uh, I uh, started my ninth company. I started my ninth company. Give me one sec here. Yeah, I, uh, Sorry, can you hear me?
2: Yes, sir. Go ahead.
3: I started my uh, ninth company. It was the uh, same company as the eighth one was, but uh, it just a second run at the at the at the company again, and, and second time it ended up being uh, a little bit more successful than 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 uh, than the first time. <laughs>
2: So, uh, and anyway, so you're uh, you're the cat you were the cat with nine lives, and on the ninth life, what happened
3: so, yeah literally on the light, ninth life i uh ended up uh building the company up to about thirty forty thousand a month in in, in revenue and I, I paid off all my debts and i was I was starting to make a little bit of money and I eventually ended up uh selling the company for a lot less than what it was worth but um I wanted out at, at the time and sold the company um uh, had about sixty grand in the bank after I paid my partners and everybody some money and I uh, pretty much moved to London, England at that point, and in London, England, started my tenth company. Um, ran through a bunch of periods of, of running out of money, uh, you know, borrowing money, and, and you know, really, really bad times of desperation. But um, I, I eventually needed funding, and I, I pounded the pavement. I hit like 50, 50 something different um, investors to, to try to get some money and. Uh, eventually, one of them gave it to me. I uh, went through this horrible situation where uh, I had like the worst day of my life. One of the investors kicked me out and stuff. And then the second and uh, second day, I had gone back to get to get investment from him again because I, my company was about to be shut down. And uh, I ran into another guy uh, in the neighboring office who ended up giving me the investment. And uh, he cut me a 1.6 million pound check. And I ended up getting myself out of the the financial situation that I was and launching the company and running the the marketing play that we had. And uh, things turned out really well. Uh, first year we did really high revenues and, uh, you know, ended up becoming a millionaire at that point. And so I'm going right, convince- to, hold on.
2: Uh, okay, slow down. See, this is an amazing story and I want to make sure everybody gets it kind of clearly. So I'm going to, I'm going to get to your current day, which is where, which is where you're at, but I want to sort of rehash the story for a minute with you. And, um, and make sure I got it all right and ask a couple questions because uh, you're a very high energy individual and I want to make sure I actually know your story and I've met with you and spoke to you and it was hard for me to absorb because there's it's so so many dynamic aspects to it to, again, arrive yeah. where you are today working on what you're doing right now. Um, so. The main point is that at the beginning, you started literally with a lemonade stand. It's almost like a cliche, except for you literally did it, and then you rallied the troops in the neighborhood to create some sort of domain, some lemonade cartel of sorts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, lemonade mafia. But, yeah. But, but you didn't tell us where you were. You said you moved to London eventually, but you didn't say where you started.
3: I, I started in uh, Ottawa, Canada. It was
2: um, a pretty much capital city of Canada. Was, was in the east so there's of, a high demand for lemonade up there. <laughs> uh, high demand for lemonade in the summer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, good. It's, and then the pizza store was also in Canada?
3: pizza store was also in Canada. It was in Ottawa. It was actually in the west end of Ottawa. But, yeah, it was the it was, uh, same city, same. Mm-hmm.
2: So you're a really young entrepreneur, and you really got a taste for it, and then you read books about you know, Bill Gates, et cetera, by Bill Gates, the same thing I did, as a matter of fact. And um, all of a sudden, you, um, you started one small successful company that you sold it, and then you went through a bunch of iterations of small companies. Again, this is a lot of really hard work and somebody that's very ambitious. And the reason I'm pointing yeah, this was, out is it that... Wasn't, uh,
3: it, w- it wasn't uh, um, the first company that was successful. Actually, the eighth company was... Uh, sorry, the ninth company was the one that was successful. The first... Uh, first eight were actually failures, but, I mean, uh, great great learning experiences.
2: Sure, okay. So, again, the the point being here is that there is no easy answer. He had to try over and over and over and fail and fail and fail and and work and work and work. And, again, we haven't even really gotten yet to where Com is today, um, which, again, is the amazing part of the story. But I'm just trying to get context for the background that, again, he just started working hard, lemonade, pizza shops, one small company, next small company, next small company, even if they failed, to somebody who had self-confidence and ambition and kept working through all the lives until he got, you know, the, As from a business perspective and probably even from a personal perspective, today's dream life in many respects. Again, when we get to Com's current day story, it's extremely impressive and that's why I'm glad, you know, I got him to come on the show with us. Um, so, um, we're going to go to a break in a second here, and then we're going to come back and get back to uh, the current day, of what Com's doing, and how that, how that company operates, where it came from, and I'm going to ask him some questions about technology, the current market space. So we're going to go to a break, and we'll be right back.
1: Domain Masters will be back after this short break. Stay tuned. There are many things we would love to catch: catching the final out of a baseball game,
2: and that's the ball game.
1: reeling that big catch of the day, or catching a ride home. Taxi. How about catching more attention, like the biggest retail brands on earth? Introducing Catchy.com, where they sell short, branded, attractive.com domain names. Use a short and catchy brand, just like Sony, Visa, and Nike, for your next business venture. You can even rent to own for as low as $100 a month. Catch a big break for your business with Catchy.com. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho.
0: Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest in digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn-
2: you are dedicated and devoted to a life of developing new ideas and innovations, willing to take calculated career risks, achieving independent wealth and success. Then you are ready to experience the entrepreneur effect. On demand, anytime. Inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm
1: We're back with more Domain Masters. Where we teach you to be the master of your domain. Master of your domain. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm
2: Okay, thank you so much. We're back with Domain Masters Radio. We're with my friend, Kam Mirza, who's a leader in the technology space. He has an amazing story we've been talking about. Um, Kam, so today, you have one main corporation and then a bunch of side investments. Or how's how's uh, today structured? Now that uh, you've exceeded, yeah,
3: Today we have uh, twenty-six companies in our portfolio um, and, and a number of investments that we've made uh, in the last few years. So um, it's 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 not all uh, under one umbrella. Most of it, I mean, we, we got it. We got it all pretty much sorted this year. It was it was fragmented a lot. And, uh, so now it's under Mirza Holdings, which is uh, which is my last name. It's a holding company based out of Dubai, um, and that pretty much uh, takes care of the bulk of the portfolio. And then there's some separate entities and uh, two investment funds that are separate as well. So um, it's 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 a, a big operation, a lot lots to manage, and, and most most of it is is uh, we've been able to get it in the last year and under eighty percent under one umbrella. So you know, sure. And, and my job gets easier.
2: <laughs> well, listen, I think I skipped sort of the middle, though. You know, we talked about your rise, and we talked about what you're doing now, but just explain the the one the, your biggest success, how that company was founded, what it does, and how it was so successful, and then presumably that's how you got where you are today to invest in all these other corporations and start these other corporations.
3: Yeah, um, our, our, our biggest success now probably is... Um, uh, the investment side of the things that we do, uh, we be getting into real estate and stuff, and it's it's been working fairly well. But uh, I guess the biggest, 40% of our our revenue growth from from everything that we do uh, comes from a company that we founded in 2003. Um, it's called Interna- uh, International Betting Exchange, and basically, it's a person-to-person betting exchange where you um, you basically place odds bets and wagers on anything. Um, you know, you can say Barack Obama's going to win the next election by half a million votes, and I can come along and teach your bet, and I can say bullshit, and um, basically, the loser wouldn't pay us anything, and the winner would pay us a three percent commission. So uh, we're not we're not a we're not a, a casino or a house or anything like that. We're more of a, a financial services company and a, a, a betting exchange where uh, we just you know, we handle the financial services side of things, and we, we make sure that um, the customer gets paid pretty much, and, and and can use the platform to to engage other people.
2: Sure, um, so that, but that, you know this this really rolls off your tongue, but. For the rest of the world, this is a very esoteric class of investment, if you want to call it that, or, or product, service. So if, if you can just do me a favor, and I'm going to try to explain it in my words for a second and then tell me if I, if I understand correctly. So the idea here is um, you started a company called International Betting Exchange, and you were the first person to do this type of thing?
3: No, um, this was a relatively new market, but there, I mean, there's, there was a couple of companies um, that were already in the space. I mean, there was Bet365, there was Betfair.com. Betfair.com is probably the biggest. Um, there, there were already people in the space doing doing fairly well. Sure. Uh, it was a brand new company. or uh, Sure.
2: It. But we just happened to um, get it a t-
3: great time, I guess.
2: Yeah, so you've been doing that, though, for 10 years. So you competed with these guys who started it. You got in in the beginning of this industry. And the nature of the industry is that you can place bets on anything. So you invent any sort of crazy bet. You put it out into the system, however that's done. And then somebody can say, hey, that's a bet where I'd like to take the other side. I accept your bet. I accept your offer. That's it, yeah.
3: Um, it's it's mainly over sports. Uh, a lot of people actually, I mean, you know, the sports betting world is huge, uh, mainly over sports, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's you know, the, the ability to place an odd bet and wager on anything
2: um, and have someone come along <laughs> and take your bet. Uh, and you guys get 2% for that? Uh, we charge 3%. 3%. And 3%. do you ever get screwed over where the people, like, cut side deals and don't pay your 3% or something?
3: No. Um, prior to the bet being confirmed, uh, both parties' money goes into our site, basically. It's, it's kind of... Uh, Both of it gets uh, put into escrow, into an account in our site. So, you know, the the deal and the money has already been transferred. It's just held by us until uh, the end of of the race or the
2: event. or uh, Sure. I mean, it sounds like an awesome business. And, again, I've spoken to you about it, obviously, before. Um, If you could just explain to me, though, um, I guess, do you have some intellectual property, some patents there, and what sort of like, growth rate do you experience? What sort, if you're allowed to, or if you want to tell me the, about the cash flow, the revenues, whatever.
3: The growth rate was, was far beyond uh, what we even expected. Um, like I said, it was right time, right place. Um, and the company has grown. Uh, it, it does a few billion in, in, in transactions now in, in 2013, last year. We, we we take a small 3% commission of that. Uh, the industry at large is, is you know, a $20 billion industry, or more, it growing every year, uh, it, it's, you know, largely um, just being in the right time at the right place, uh, you know, doing the right things and learning from all the failures that happened in the past. Industry-wide, it's very large. It's, it's been growing year and year phenomenally. I mean, our first year, we had, we had done a few hundred million in, in transactions, which we had never expected to do, um, and it's been growing steady since then.
2: Um, so, again, you know, Com says this very casually. He says, oh, we do a few billion a year of transactions. Well, there's a big difference. You know, each billion adds up. There's some expression on Capitol, Capitol Hill, mm-hmm. a billion here and a billion there, and pretty soon you're talking about real money. Um, okay. <laughs> but but again, like over 10 years, you know, they they founded this platform. It's obviously a fabulous platform and properly marketed because the first year, 10 years ago, they did hundreds of millions of dollars of transactions, and now they do billions of dollars of transactions. And, of course, he says, oh, we take a modest 3% fee, like 3% of a billion dollars is a bunch of cash. And the good news is is that Calm is a really interesting and cool guy, and um, he works on all sorts of stuff, and he's an inspirational global leader, literally, where he shows up all over the world and gives speeches and meets interesting people and blogs about it. So, Kam, if you can tell me, just I don't even know how to describe it or explain it, just tell me, I guess, where you've been traveling the last six months and what you've been doing while you were there, for example. Oh, gosh.
3: <laughs> uh, last six months, I've been, I, I've been pretty much everywhere. I've um, uh, been to L- London a few times. I, I spent a few months in Dubai. I actually uh, live in Dubai, in the world's tallest building there. I have an apartment there. Um, I spend I spend a few months out of the winter time there. I unfortunately came back to to, to the states a little too quick. It was freezing cold here now. And <laughs> um, anyhow, uh, so I travel eighty percent of the time. It's it's really for work. Um, probably about uh, fifty sixty percent of my time is spent evaluating the investments that we get. Uh, we get roughly sixty to eighty proposals a, uh, a week, almost of people around the world looking for funding for startups and. Uh, technology companies and um, mobile apps and pretty much everything technology related, as as, as well as some non stuff as well. Um, and then I spend about about thirty percent of my time working on new projects. So I mean, twenty 14, thirteen and fourteen, we launched a couple of new projects. More companies that are that are uh, in the digital education space and and the the, the marketing space. Uh, just just to kind of. Launch something that can that can be a contribution more more than just you know a company that's for profit trying to make money. So,
4: kind of kind of getting
3: into this whole philanthropy thing and and um, you know the, the the contribution thing and kind of pivoted a little bit on on the direction of what I was doing business wise. I, I, I do host uh, events and masterminds and retreats and workshops and. Uh, I, I speak at events all around the world. Um, this is primarily uh, one form of contribution to me. You know, giving your time to you know impart knowledge or wisdom to other, other entrepreneurs around the world who may be experiencing the same thing and looking for that that inspiration to keep you know facing the the, the challenges of of making a company successful from from scratch, which which is a very tough thing for a lot of us, especially in the startup scene. Um, sure pretty much where I'm at now. And then 10, you know, probably 10, 20% of my time is spent doing, doing whatever I want, uh, spending time with family, friends, traveling, uh, just getting into enjoy life.
2: Yeah. I mean, and again, like I, I read your posts and your blogs. It's always very inspirational. You're always in just some incredible place with an awesome picture with a bunch of cool people and working on some sort of amazing project or investment. It's really, you know, just it's really awesome, uh, following you and other people like you on social media, just people traveling the globe and doing all sorts of, uh, cool stuff like that. So I really appreciate that. Um, let me give you uh, a scenario. Let's, if I didn't know you, for example, you, you know, I operate a company called, or I, I'm a a founder and investor in a company called phone.com. Yeah. Now, if I didn't know you, but I knew you were a smart investor and I knew I had a good app, a good product, a good brand, how would I get to you? And how would I present that to you? How would I get you to invest in that?
3: Um, to be honest, uh, most, most of the investments that we do end up making are from a referral or from, you know, another investor that we know and we come, come along and co, co, co-invest co with them. So, I mean, um, uh, to be honest, most of the stuff is, is done through this inner inner circle of <laughs> investors, you know, network of investors. But if, if you were from the outside trying to approach me, um, I'm I'm always on my Facebook. Um, I, I don't I don't want to give up my personal address because address it, it's going to get flooded. <laughs> it's flooded. No, yeah, you know? no, I don't
2: want you to. I don't really yeah. like. I didn't mean. I didn't actually mean so much like necessarily exactly for somebody to do now. But I'm just curious. Like you invested in 26 companies and. Um, how did those people get through the process? Again, because your listeners, uh, our our audience are, you know, young entrepreneurs and, uh, and older entrepreneurs like myself that some of them have really cool stuff. How do they get to good investors? just in theory, not necessarily even you.
3: No, no, I, I completely agree. Um, you know, it, a lot of times, you know, there's, uh, there's AngelList, um, there's Angel.co, like a lot of these websites list all the venture capitalists and you can kind of, I mean, the internet is, is, is so easy to search and find, um, you know, investors, especially in particularly your your niche, whatever niche business you're into. There's all kinds of categories of, of investors, so I would I would check out AngelList. Um, I would check a lot, uh, check out Angel. Co, and mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. and then on top of that, you can search for the person, find his Facebook, and then target them on Facebook even. I'm I'm we've done a few investments off Facebook even. I've got a lot of requests yeah. in, in my Facebook inbox all the time for people looking for funding. So, um, right. it's really. Be, be, assertive and, and try to find them online. And, and, you know, they're, they're not hiding these days. All of us, all, all of our, all of us investors are looking for, um, you know, deal flow to, to find the right company to invest in. So we're, we're a lot of us are approachable.
2: And, uh, sure. So, investing. so that's awesome again to hear because entrepreneurs are scared and I always tell them the same thing. I'm like, well, if you have a nice presentation, you know, you just, Start calling and emailing, Facebooking, LinkedIn, again AngelList is one com, Angel.co. As um, those are places full of investors. If you have something presentable, you should go in there, ping them, and a certain portion of them would presumably take your presentation, and then a certain portion of them, if you have a good, reasonable presentation investment, would become an investor in your company. So, You know, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. The issue is to get through the process professionally and in a timely manner before you go broke, essentially. Thank you. I'm going to take a break for one minute, and uh, we'll be right back.
1: Domain Masters will be back after this short break. Stay tuned. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day?
4: Ready to learn to be a mass marketing mastermind? Get schooled on how to be inboxed. You've got, you've got, you've got mail. Our host will show you how to deliver on email marketing strategies without going postal. Ah! Inboxed, on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm.
1: We're back with more Domain Masters, where we teach you to be the master of your domain. Master of your domain, only on webmasterradio.fm.
2: This is Mike Mann, who's back here with Com Mirza. I'm your host of Domain Masters Radio. And uh, here we are talking about all sorts of cool stuff with Com. Uh, he's Started really excellent businesses. He's a fantastic investor, entrepreneur. He's literally a visionary, and so I like uh, sucking information from him and looking online. So if you don't mind, I'm going to just ask you a couple questions that I tend to ask every guest because they're uh, hot topics that I'm sort of working on in the background to some degree, or at least talking about. So one that you, I know you've seen me blog about and talk about, is these GTLDs, global TLDs, where. It's not .com, net org. It's all sorts of new things, potentially .web, .this, .that. What do you think about this phenomenon?
3: Um, you know, I, I've been asked this question a couple of times. Uh, I think there's, there's advantages and disadvantages. I mean, you know, the advantages side, um, it, it actually makes the .com that much more uh, of an entity, you know, more of an asset, I guess you can say, in terms of, of you know, generic top-level domains. Um, but you know, there's there's so much extensions coming. Country extensions. Uh, we've we've bought a bunch of domains in the Middle East with, you know, the Dubai area like .ae and, and uh, in Asia with .in and .pk. And we've bought a bunch of domains, but these are relatively domains that still have to mature and uh, will take a lot of time for, for the market to mature until they'll be worth anything. Kind of have to yeah. age them like like fine wine, almost, you know. And uh, but sure, you know. Its advantage is it makes the actual really generic top-level domains that much more of an asset, a prized, uh, you know, domain. And then, you know, but the bad part is it waters down commercially all kinds of, you know, these, these add-on extensions that necessarily don't serve too much of a purpose. I understand, you know, they're trying to make more room or, or try to sell more or uh, be more creative. But at the same time, I mean, um, I find that, that it... Uh, you know, the, the, advantage, the disadvantage is just it's, there's a big disconnect. Uh, you have to constantly market all these different extension domains. And you have to buy these domains and, you know, figure out the algorithms of how they rank and how well they'll do in the search engines. And, so, I mean, yeah. there's, there's a lot of advantages to, to, to it as well.
2: I mean, uh, as an investor, do you think people, if you think they'd be better off investing in one of these new extensions or they'd be better off trying to invest in a tried and true .com extension? I think it's a bit of both. You know, there's there's speculation in the new stuff. I mean, if
3: you can pick up a really good generic domain name with with even a new extension, it's it, it's. I mean, to someone, it's still valued. You know, it's still valuable. Um, and then at the same time, you know, the the, the bread and butter has always been the generic .coms. I mean, they sell for the highest. Um, you know, it's the best best extension to have. So. so, uh, so. You know, bit of a market for both just you know the, the second market the newer one is, is a lot more speculative and and
2: yeah
3: and that's for end potential.
2: users. i'm sorry
3: i said it could have enormous potential too we don't know which way the market's going to swing but a
2: market economy yeah. i mean anything can go up and down so yeah um well i just wonder um you know that's for end users and maybe they'll want to speculate a little bit and get some of those and build websites and brand with them but then as an entrepreneur you know there's hundreds of these new extensions coming out and any new company that wants to get in on it has to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars of fees and that's if there's no competition mm-hmm. if there's competition then they have to bid it up and auction it up so um, I wonder, you know, the biggest and best extensions one has to assume will be bought by bigger companies with, with deep pockets like, again, uh, Microsoft, IBM, <laughs> AOL, Google, etc. So I, I wonder if any of the people with less money buying those other extensions will have any capacity to compete in that space.
3: Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it would be, uh, uh, you know, the right timing and, you know, the ability to purchase as much as you can in bulk get you know, the right strategy, but, I mean, you're right. They get snapped up by a lot of the giants really early, and, and, um, and a lot of the intellectual property on the Internet is just like wealth, you know, wealth inequality in the world. You know, there's a few yeah. that buy up everything, you know, and control a lot of the content and properties and intellectual property, and, mm-hmm. and there's, there's everyone else who has to fight for the, the leftover, pie, leftover the pie.
2: My theory is that everybody should just invest in the dot-coms, and the reason is if I own happybirthday.com, which I do, if there's 100 other extensions happybirthday.web, .this .dot that. And then there's all kinds of traffic to those other ones and press or whatever. That'll just bring more and more and more traffic to the .com. So the .com is certain to be to have value today and it's certain to be worth more value. It'll never go down in value whereas if you were to invest the same amount of money in all those other extensions, the, it's a much higher risk each time to me the dot com is a certain thing if you're dealing with the best domains yeah yeah
3: I mean dot com is, is a, it's a great great dot com domain it's always sure to appreciate and value and, and yeah, may, that's, that's part of the advantages of, of you know this new stuff coming out I think as well
2: yeah well I really appreciate all your time I want to have you back again because I actually have a bunch more questions for you I could talk to you forever and you just have a ton of information interesting guy I, I appreciate all your time on this show my my
3: pleasure. Uh, you know, wish
2: your audience the best, and um, encourage everybody to keep chasing their dreams. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. So this is Mike Mann, your host of Domain Masters Radio on WebmasterRadio.fm. I really appreciate uh, everybody tuning in each week. We've had amazing guests so far, and I'm I'm really proud that this is uh, working out so well. And we're going to just keep creating tons of good content and letting everybody log in. And so thanks again.